Roll another blunt. What's up, Joes, and welcome to another Sunday session. I am your host, Jeff Shanahan, and today we are joined for the first time for a Sunday session. Not his first time on the show, but our first Sunday session together. Please welcome Mr. Money Blake, Blake Weather. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, Yeah, you know what? This is not our first Sunday show either. No, it is not. It's our first Sunday session. Yes. Together, so that's that's exciting, my dude. It is, man. I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad you wanted to be a part of it, man. It's cool. I I like that. My friends hey, want to hey, be we're, on we're, these. We're we're friendly. We're we're 420 friendly here in Austin. So that's you know. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you and I have had have had conversations about 420 uh, things privately, but I know it's not like it's not something you talk about much on your show and whatever and and. We do what we do. Oh, I do what I do, you know. And Ryan, Ryan is kind of just Ryan, but um, so it's it's fun when I when I have friends are like, "Hey, man, I wanna I wanna come on a Sunday session," and I'm like, "Absolutely, I will <laughs> I will roll up a fat ass joint because that's what I do, and we can talk about what the fuck ever and get high." So I like that, man. Well, I got my little drink over here too, so I'll mostly be doing that. But I'm gonna take a hit with you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's spark her up. Welcome. Oh, that feels feels good. Yeah, man, it's, it's a good way to start a Sunday. A nice, nice little smoke and a and a good conversation and shit. That's what I'm talking smoking about. Smoking a pancake. Yeah, a little yeah, smoking a pancake. I had a smoking a bagel, but you know, I had, I had a smoking a taco. So you know, I'm <laughs> it is ten o'clock in the morning. You're eating tacos. That's what's tacos up. Tacos are always good any time of the day here in Austin. You put anything in a taco. So <laughs> what kind of taco a, did you have this morning? I just I just had an egg taco. I kept it simple. Word. I kept it simple. You know? Just egg or you got some chorizo in there or what? No, I didn't put I didn't put no that. I, just, oh. I didn't want to get fancy this morning. Oh, um man. I just it keep it simple. I'm gonna keep it simple. But you know, some some mornings I I'd be going all out, you know, bacon, you know, chorizo, I uh, love sausage, chorizo. whatever whatever I can find. Brisket? Yeah. Brisket and eggs. It's Ooh. probably like the best taco ever invented. Brisket, eggs, and, and bacon. That's like the best taco ever invented. I have not had brisket and eggs. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get uh, on that tip, son. Uh, sir, <laughs> sir, what have you been doing with life? Um, I don't know, man. You know, like Michigan, we're we're all about that steak and eggs, but I, I do. Okay, yeah. I do need to get on some brisket and eggs because I love me some brisket. Yeah, man. I just I made one last. It was cool, man. I made one last week. And, I saw uh, those pictures, bro. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> your, boy, your, your boy might know what he's doing is what i'm saying um i uh so i cooked a it was like a little, little like a little nine nine and a half pound one because that's all they had at h-e-b or h-e-b is like our grocery store okay and so, and so <coughs> they usually have a bigger one i've usually I, like the last time i made one it was um 14 15 pound damn and uh we were going over to a little friend's get together so i wanted to cook a brisket for him and um I, you know, they only had the nine pound one. I'm like, I guess I think that might be, maybe will be enough with everybody that'll be over there, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so cooked it. We had some leftovers, so I froze it this week. It's still good. And, and I unfrosted it yesterday. 
and I, I just put it in the oven, like at 200. You, you don't want to put it, you know, you don't want to cook it like with a lot of heat or else it fucks up the, the brisket entirely. So right. just left it in there for like, you know, hour to defrosted 200 and it just, you take it out and it's like you, uh, it, it's, it's, it just tastes like you didn't even you, if you, if nobody would have told you that it was frosted, you would never know. Damn. Yeah. That's what's up, um, man. That's what's mm-hmm. up. I might have to, I might oh have to my try god. that. What's, I just, oh my god, that's strong. What you drinking on? Okay, so uh, I'm drinking on. Um, I put some almond milk with some uh, cold brew. I don't know if you got you got cold brew over there in um, in Michigan, but like cold brew, you know, just like cold espresso coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I put some rum in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> A little Rumpelstiltskin. You yeah, know? yeah. I oh have. Uh, I have. I went straight basic bitch, and I just have a uh, a frozen latte from Big B. It seems like your frozen latte, except it got rum. Except it's got booze in it. Yeah, I need to step my mm-hmm. game up. But I put way too much. <laughs> oh, my liver! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get fucked up today. Hey, um, whatever. It's Sunday, right? What, what else is going Sunday- on? Sunday fun day, what we what we call it down here, man. Uh, but yeah, man, I've just been chilling. Did you watch the fights last night or what? Yeah, man, I did. I uh, I watched the fights last night. It was a, it was a pretty good card. It wasn't bad, right? Nah. I think, it, I think it, it was a nice way to follow up. I mean, you're never going to follow up UFC 217. But no it's way. As, it's as good a way as you can follow it up, right? It, it like, wasn't a letdown, which was kind of what I no. was expecting. I was kind of expecting that, like, that UFC, big UFC hangover like last year where 205 was amazing and then it just kind of went for a little bit. I, I felt like, no, I felt like 206 was, was almost better than 205 for I, me. Like. The, the, the card itself overall, like in, in watching, yes, but on paper, oh, right, I right. was not, like we shit all over that card last year. And that was like the first, the very first uh, fight night we ever did was for for two hundred six, okay. and um, just because we didn't expect it to be a good card, no one was really excited about it. And and, and yes, in, in the end, it turned out to be an awesome card. That the the Korean Superboy and Cub Swanson fight was like skyrocketed to my fight of the year or into my fight of the year conversation. It has to be like a fight of all time. Right? Yeah, it like, was a fucking phenomenal fight. Yeah. And, and and like I was, I was talking to one of my co-hosts yesterday, and he was like saying like, "Oh, let's talk about how good two two seventeen was." I'm like, "Listen, it will never be the number one event, I don't think. However, if somebody says it's my top two event or top three event, I will not argue with you. Like, no. I do not know if that's the best event of all time because I've been you know UFC fan since '09, so I got to experience, I got to see you know not live, but I got to see UFC <laughs> one hundred. That was a great event, right?" I thought UFC 189 was a great event. That was the one where Connor fought Chad. Chad Mendez. Yep, I agree. That uh, was a really good card. That whole card, right? Everybody got knocked out, or you know, and then it had a fight. Anytime you have a fight of the year candidate on the card, that automatically makes that card one of the best fights. So, like, it seems that way because 206 had Duo Choi, and and two and UFC 206 was an amazing card, right? Right. So it's almost like you can't go wrong if you have like a fight of the year candidate, um, and then. So UFC 189, UFC 206, UFC 100, UFC 217 is definitely in the in the discussions. And then my my dark silent horse is UFC 178. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, refresh my memory. 
is Chris Carriasso and Demetrius Johnson was the main event, right? Like, yep. who gives a fuck? Right. Like, it was actually a good fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do. I'm, I'm starting to remember now. And then Conor McGregor was on the card. He was like third fight. He fought. He knocked out Dustin Poirier. Yep. Speaking of Dustin Poirier. Yep. Okay. And and then um, Do- Donald Cerrone, Eddie Alvarez was the co-main event. And then uh, Amanda Nunes, um, Kat Zagano was on was on oh, there. They shit. started off the night. God damn, and that then- was a good card. And then to top it all off, we got some controversy because that was Stoolgate. That was uh, Romero, Romero, uh, and Kennedy. fucking Kennedy. God damn! I just was talking about that fight the other day. Yeah. So you kind of that card, dark, dark, silent horse, bro, because it had everything. It had controversy. It had everybody wanted to see Conor McGregor, how well he was going to do. Right. And then it, it had a title fight, you know, and, and Demetrius didn't take it to a decision. So that's always exciting. And then you got to see Cerrone, Eddie Alvarez. Like, you know, them motherfuckers didn't quit. Um, and then uh, Amanda Nunes and Kat Zingano. Yeah, that was and that was the, awesome that was the fight. fight that Kat needed to win in order to get her title shot. And also, she uh, was coming off of, like, some sort of absurd year-and-a-half layoff. Because remember, she beat Misha Tate, blew out her knee. Yep. And then her this husband was, this was her, committed yeah, her suicide. Yeah, committed suicides. And then she came back, and this was her comeback fight. Yep. It was against Amanda Nunes. And so that's why that, – and then also on the card, I think they threw it on the, on the pay-per-view, but it was the headliner of the prelim. The headliner of the prelim was uh, Dominic Cruz versus Visigaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom's first fight back uh, yeah, after of his back layoff, too. Years. And then he and just then destroyed Visigaki. The fight before that, just to tell you how stacked the card was, the fight before that um, – uh, Patrick Cote and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Holy so, fuck, dude! Fuck, dude! That card. Wow. Seventy-eight. Look at you pulling out the dark horse. Mm. Holy shit! Like a card other than Stoolgate, a card I really have not thought about since it happened. Once yeah, it's it's a dark horse one because like you you didn't think it was going to be because eh, people didn't know about Connor. They were like, I'm sure Dustin's going to sweep this Irish fucking leprechaun. Right. Of course, everybody knew Demetri Johnson was going to win. They, I think the most exciting thing, a lot of people were excited, Eddie Alvarez coming over to Bellator. That was yep. his first fight. Yep, Eddie's first fight. Uh, with- it, nobody really, everybody liked Tim Kennedy. He was just coming off the win, I think, of Bisbing. He was like an American hero. People yep. were dark horsing uh, Romero. Um, it was exciting for Cruz. It was exciting to see Cat. There was exciting moments. But I think altogether, when the event finished, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, right? We got everything that we we ever wanted. Any 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 checklist you need it, we got it on this fucking card. So and it, it was it was every Mighty Mouse pay per view basically gets swept under the rug anyway because right, right. just because nobody buys it. But yeah, dude, that's. I think what the 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 thing with two seventeen that's catching so many people and why it's being thrown around as the greatest card of all time, obviously, is not only just the the title changes themselves, but the the upsets. You know, Yoana getting upset by Rose. Right, right. So it's like, what do you what are you basing a, a greatest of all time card on? Right, like I don't think it is. I think it's a really great card for upsets. Right. I think it's more. It's just like the the casuals than the B Dubs fans and stuff like the, mm-hmm. the people that look at things in a bigger picture. Obviously, yeah, and, and I mean, it's no denying it was a great card, right? But no, I think it was it was so good too because 
we've had a whole bunch of fuck fuckboy cards this whole year too. Well, and like, if you every, for me, I don't I can't think of a better event until like 2016. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like every card that's supposed to be a great card, like 211 or whatever. The, that was one in July, right? That was a that was a fuckboy card, right? Like his. Uh, or was it 213? What was the one in, in uh, the Amanda Nunes pulled out of Shachenko? 213, yeah. Before? Okay, so 213. So remember it was supposed to be stacked. Like, man, we got Jones and Cormier, and we got that, and then we got, you know, TJ and, you know, Garbrandt, and then everybody just slowly like, oh, right. no, I'm, I'm not fighting. Oh, no, I'm not fighting. So it was just like, man, this card was weak sauce, dude. Like, um, but I, so I think with all the amount of pullouts and you sodding, you know, they'd be pulling out people. We finally got a card that fucking like lived up to part, everything. Like, yeah, everything kind of held together. And it was um, the 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 thing with me. Like, I definitely think it's a great card, and, and it's in the discussion of of top five, probably even top three. You know, just because of the upsets and everything like that. But it didn't like the card as a whole. You know, like the prelims. You had all that weird shit with the the controversy. With the two uh, kicks to the head, and right, you know, there's been other cards that have had better lineups start to finish, like 206. On paper, looked like shit. It wasn't a really exciting card. Not look like shit, but you know, let's just throw a title fight to save a pay per view, so we don't have to yeah, move this. Yeah, it's like, bitch, no. Right. I can see your Jedi mind tactics. Yeah, yeah, but but it delivered. Like start to finish was an uh-huh. amazing card. Where yeah, it, it was really good, even though, like, especially when you have a good undercard and it leads you into a great pay per view. That's too, what I mean. That's yeah, always a good thing. Man. That's what really makes a great card to me is not just a great main or main card, but also that that build up with the prelims that gets you excited going into the main card and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it, it was it was good, man. It's great. I, I, uh, I don't want to talk about. I mean, I don't want to make the whole show about how great two suits two seventeen may or may not have been, but we right. all know. I think we all hold it in a special place. We can all agree on that. Um, and yeah, man, it, we got three new champs, so that's it was cool. And I was just, I'm sad from last night though. Pettit's lost. I, I here's the thing, man. Like I predicted he was going to win based off of weaknesses that I saw in Poirier's game. Right. That he still has. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Let's not make any mistake that the, the, the things I pointed out, if somebody goes out there like Edson Barboza and takes advantage of those, that's how they're going to do it. They're going to do it with a left hook, which is how uh, which is how Conor McGregor finished Poirier, which is how the one two piece that, that Michael Johnson knocked out Poirier with. Yep. The final punch was a left hook when he fought Eddie Alvarez as much as you want to. I, I heard, you know, you. Use guys' show, and I heard a lot of people show. As much as everybody wants to remember that Dustin Poirier was apparently winning the fight, go back and watch that round. The, the tides changed. Like, there was – he got knocked down, too. I he gave him the first Eddie. round. I think Eddie was coming back in the second and was winning the uh, second round. Yeah, the first one was too close, man. I watched it – I watched that one, too, while uh, my boy Bobby was here on, on Friday. And he's like, yeah, that round's too fucking – like, I, it was way different than I remember. That first round, like, I'm not saying Poirier didn't win, and I'm not saying – uh, Eddie Alvarez won. Right. I don't know who the fuck won that round. That's how close it was. They didn't do like a, a whole fuck ton much. But Poirier lands a left straight, rocks Eddie. Eddie stumbles back. Oh, and and for sure, right? Like Eddie stumbled by a left. Ooh, Ooh right. right. Nothing like, new there. You've never seen that before, right? But it's, it's so that happens, and then he gets into this this exchange with with Eddie against the cage, where it's kind of like phone booth fighting. He's just fucking swinging, and 
sure enough, when Eddie comes back and starts swinging back, what's the punch that fucking lands that starts to rock for you? It's a fucking left, left hook. hook. So that opening, it's been there for the past, what, three, four years? Like, and he's, it still hasn't changed. Um, that, and also, he, Eddie Alves was throwing a lot of head kicks, like, uh, you know, uh, rear leg, you know, head kicks. He's just a little short, right? And he doesn't really throw kicks. Right. I'm saying if somebody has that accuracy like Pettis did. And Edson Barboza. And still does. Edson Barboza does. Even Tony Ferguson, like if that fight would ever happen, right? Like they have that accuracy where if they throw a head kick, they are tall enough to hit you, right? And and they, they throw kicks enough to be able to um, put the force that's needed behind it to even if you block it, rock your ass back, you know? So – uh, congrats for Poirier. I don't. What was the fu- what the fuck happened with Pez? He broke his ribs or some shit. Yeah, they said it was a, a tap due to injury. Um, it looked like to me because like I was on, I was watching it while I was talking to Kyle. Okay. And it looked like he, the the figure four on the body had was enough oh. pressure across the knee. Yeah. Because. The way he was like trying to get across his arm, like he almost had him in like a weird sort of almost twister position. He just had to get if he would have got the arm behind his head. Oh yeah, he could have pulled it. Yeah, he could have pulled it. And not not like he was trying. It was just the way that the arm ended up. So with that figure four and shit, it creates a lot of pressure across your rib cage, especially if you're squeezing on it. And, and then he, he turned. Out and of then it he turned out of it, and so he's right up against the knee. That's what I took yeah. away from it because, like, I saw him grab his rib. I saw him yeah, grab yeah. his rib, and I, I figured it, I I don't know what it was. If somebody out there knows and they're yelling at their radio right now, great. But like, I, I thought it was a rib. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it, that's what it looked like somewhere in the chest. That's area, what they were saying. Yeah. It was the rib, and and like immediately as soon as like um, Duke and stuff got in there, they were putting ice bags on his rib cage. So damn, yeah, fuck, man. See, that's one of those freak things. Like, of course, Poirier was doing really well. That's one of those freak things, like, it goes five rounds, it could go, you know, any any minute, any second a fight can change, you know, blase blam, but congrats to Poirier, that was a great, that was a great win for him, that doesn't negate the fact that those openings are still there, and higher level, hungrier guys are not going to take advantage of it, you know, you're, you know, you're not going to tell me that Michael Johnson's not going to knock him out again, I, I think he does that every day of the week, but, for you sure. know, I just don't know who he fights now, you know? He, like, he called out for the winner of Eddie and Gagey. Oh, that'd be a good fight. Yeah. Well, but the winner, I think the winner of that needs to fight whoever um, after Connor and Tony fight. If that happens. You know, if it, if it don't, then the, if here's the thing. If it does, then the winner of that needs to fight, you know, the, for the title. That, that, that's a, for me, that's a, if Gatesy wins, more or less, we give him the title shot, right? Yeah, if, I think if so. Eddie, so, so, here's, so here's what happens. Whether or not Tony or Connor fight, whatever. Whoever's left standing out of that sequence of events, whether it's Connor saying "fuck the belt" and Tony fights for the undisputed one against, uh, you know, Gaethje, it needs to be Gaethje fighting whoever is in that Connor Tony mix, right? It needs to be Gaethje if Gaethje wins. Gaethje loses, Eddie Alvarez Poirier rematch needs to happen. Definitely. You you can't give Eddie a title fight off of a no contest and a. A win, right? I don't think you can. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Especially if, uh, no matter what, even if he, you know, if Khabib's around, his name's always going to get tossed out there. 
because oh, yeah, because right. we got, he's undefeated. We got Khabib and, and Barbosa, huh? Yeah, that's going to settle if, itself out. If Barbosa win, and here's the thing: so Gaethje wins and Barbosa wins, I'd rather see Gaethje fight for the title. If if Gaethje Khabib wins, I'd rather see Khabib Poirier, because you you can't just be Khabib and get a you'd be out for a whole fucking year. Right, right, and and not make weight and pull out of fights and be a fuckboy. You can't just do that and win a fight and be like, I'm automatically granted this, you know, fucking title shot. No, sir. And plus, I think Gaethje would make a fun, funner fight, anyways. No matter who he fought, like whether it's Tony or Connor. Right. And I think I love Connor. I think he gives Connor problems. Like he's a zombie. Like, yeah. I get it. Connor hits hard. But, like, Gaethje's used Gaethje to gets taking hit. hard hits. Exactly. And then coming to hit you. <laughs> I love Justin Gaethje. I love him. I love oh, that dude. I was, I've loved him since World Series of, uh, of Fighting. Man. Me too, like, man. Me too. I first fight I saw him fight. And this is a funny story, man. First first World Series of Fighting event I saw was, like, 9 or 10. And it was Gaethje Nick Newell. And uh, okay. it, was, so it was July of 2014. <laughs> And um, I forget, you know, it was like around like Independence Day or some shit like that. I, I think because I was at, I was hanging at a friend's house and my girl was went to go hang out with his girlfriend and that's how I remember all these sequence of events because we just day drunk and watch <laughs> World Series. And I think the UFC came on later that night and it was the Weidman, uh, Machida, Rousey versus Alexis Davis card that yep. was that was all later on in the night. So World Series was during the daytime. So. Nick Newell, Justin Gaethje, and the co-main event was J.C. Calvacante and um, Melvin Gillard was making his World Series uh, debut on there. So, of course, Melvin won. And then, so the first time I saw Gaethje, uh, here's what I thought, man. I'm like, listen, this is a no-win situation for Gaethje. Let me tell you why. Yeah. (laughs) He fighting a a one-and-a-half-armed dude. Right. Like. (laughs) You win. it's no big yeah. people talk shit yeah. on it. You lose, <laughs> if you, if, you're fucked. If you lose, you lose. Yeah, you lost to a fucking one and a half arm guy. Yeah. But if you win, you can't go to the club later and you'd be like, I fucking won. They're like, How bad was your opponent? You're like, Yeah, he was undefeated. But they're like, Yeah, but what attributes, man? What did he, what did he bring in? You're like, uh, I mean, he had one and a half arms. But let's not talk about the fact he had one and a half arms. Let's talk about I won. They're like, Wait, you beat a handicapped guy? You know, like, <laughs> you get no glory. You know, the humanitarian yeah. efforts go out the window when you beat a handicapped person. You get nothing. So, you get nothing, right? Like, so <laughs> the fuck what you won. You were supposed to beat a handicapped guy. <laughs> right, and if you lose, like, you, you just hide forever. Yeah. <laughs> and that will never, ever, <laughs> ever leave, oh. like, no matter where you go and no matter what fight you're getting ready to fight, they'll be like, you lost to the one-armed dude. Yeah, and you're like, you know, what do you tell people? Like, I mean, he's got he, I mean, he's got the one hand, right? But it's really fucking strong. He got that little nub? That little nub is tough, you know? Like, how the fuck did you sell people on this idea that Nick Newell is tough when you beat the shit out of him like Justin Gaethje did? It's not fair. It's, it's Usain Bolt you know, running against a one-and-a-half-leg arm guy or one-and-a-half-leg dude, like, no, 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 you get no humanitarian <laughs> points, you know what I'm saying? Red Cross, you know, and not coming for his aid. Uh, <laughs> You're not getting an is... award like you just <laughs> you're getting clowned, bro. Yeah, dude, do not pass. Go do not collect two hundred dollars. Don't hang your head up on that. So that was the first time I saw him, though. And, and kudos to, to Justin Gaethje. And I became an instant fan. And the fights that I remember 
like were, were my favorite fights where he had um, two fights with his kid named Luis Palomino. Yep. Uh, and and you remember the first fight, right? For both of them were wars. Yeah. Right? Like both of them. All Gagey Gage. fights are wars. Right. But like this one particularly, like it sticks in my head because he was uh, he was rocking Palomino. Palomino rocked him. He rocked Palomino. He was leg kicking Palomino. I think the first fight, it, it was due to like leg kicks. He leg kicked the shit. Like he, people forget, like he's got hands in the chin. Yep. Muffer got leg kicks for fucking days. Yep. He will kick the shit out of your legs. Yeah. They'll make you handicap, right? Like, so. Jose it, Aldo it, at 145 or 155. Right. Yeah. Man. He's the white, he's the white Jose Aldo of, <laughs> of 55. <laughs> You know, <laughs> instead of white Iverson, it's white, white Aldo. White Aldo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but those wars of Palomino, the second one even particularly, where he, they, I mean, he just, he knocked the fuck out of them in both fights, but they were both exciting fights. <coughs> just If you don't know anything about Justin Gaethje, you don't know his World Series, everybody just go back looking for the Louis Palomino fights. That's all you need to know about Justin Gaethje, man. Kids, kids are fucking killer dude yeah start there and then go back and just get ready i am so excited i get to see justin gaethje fight in person bro you have oh yeah no idea dude thank you man i am so excited i'm bummed as fuck that that jose aldo actually is fighting because i don't (laughs) really want to see i don't really want to see that fight i don't like his face (sighs) yeah like Like, i was really (laughs) excited about frankie i thought i was i was too but but now it's like this is a Look at the scenario that 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 Max Max Holloway is facing. Well, you look at the top five guys in featherweight. You got Cub Swanson, you got um, Frankie Edgar, Jose Aldo, Carter Lamas, and and of course Max Holloway, right? Right. Three of three of those dudes he's already beat. Right. The only person he's never beat is Frankie Edgar. I know. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you could give him. I think deservedly. Cub Swanson deserves the fight. That's the guy I all, wanted. In all fairness, he doesn't. He, nobody wants to see that rematch because he got the shit. He got his jaw broken. You know what I'm saying? He got fucked up in that first fight. Yeah, that was the that was the same card as uh, Felice Herrig fought. Uh, my girlfriend Felice Herrig fought my other girlfriend Paige Van Zant, and right. then um, Luke Rockhold beat the shit out of Machida. That was that card, uh, April 2015. How do I know that? Because I was house sitting. For my girlfriend's parents' farm, so I was out an hour outside of Austin. Fucking wanted no check. And let me tell you, this story gets fucking cool, right? So I'm an hour outside of Austin, which is far as fuck. Like there's, they have a like a 20 acre farm, and it's not really farm because they're not fucking growing corn and shit. But they have chickens and they have cows, um, you know. So they get dog, a whole bunch of dogs, and so. I was out at that farm, and it started getting dark real quick. And I was like, the fuck, man? All of a sudden, it's storming as fuck, dude. <laughs> it is like, it feels like World War Three is outside with rain, dude. Like, it's brr, coming fucking down, and you can hear it. All. They have a, of course, like a, it's a very well uh, planned out and, and built, um, but it's an RV, you know? Like, it's a mobile home, you know? I'm in a mobile home. Ain't no buildings around it. If there's a tornado to come and take, you know what I'm saying? Oh my God. I'm freaking the fuck out. And all of a sudden the lights start flickering. Oh my God. I'm I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ, man. And it's all of a sudden power is out for like, would had to have been, it felt like five minutes, but it was probably more like 20 seconds. 
But I just, I remember sitting there watching the fights. I was literally like this, watching the fights. All of a sudden, power goes out around me. I don't even move. I have a light, you know, I have my lighter, I have my phone. I just don't even move. I just sit there and I'm just like, like, what the fuck am I going to do, right? Like, <laughs> it's none of my business, though, right? There's a storm outside. I'm in a fucking RV. It's none of my business, though. Just sipping my drink. And all of a sudden, the power comes on. Everything gets better. But, like, oh, my God, dude. Like, not an experience I would ever recommend anybody go through. Uh, for sure, I'll never do that again. Um, and all in the meantime, my girlfriend and her parents uh, and her family were off in Hawaii celebrating, you know, their parents, like, whatever – you know, 30th anniversary, whatever the fuck. So, <laughs> oh, Dude, man, I got to imagine that's got to be crazy. Cause like tornadoes are like a real thing for you guys down there. Like, you know, in certain places. So here's the cool thing. Austin is situated in such a way geographically, um, that the winds of the North and the winds of the South, they push each other away. Word. So, so the funnel goes around Austin but it hits in an hour in any direction. That's you could get a tornado potentially. Okay. An hour in any direction. But Austin is situated so finely that we we don't get snow. Like even if there's a north breeze, we rarely get snow. It's a it's been a long like it's few and far between, so to speak. We Lucky. don't get tornadoes. And tornadoes never hit like the center of the city or like further out. You know what I'm saying? You can you have to be outside of the county, outside of Travis County here, and and also. Um, it floods, but only in lowland places. So that's, you know, you see things like in San Antonio and like Houston and stuff like nothing like that happens in the center of the city. It's so well, the, again, just geographically the way Austin is, man, it's, it's situated nicely that we don't see it, but you hear about it. Um, and, and, uh, you hear about tornadoes, you know, and, and you go an hour in any direction, like I said, and it's a it's a real life thing, you know what I mean? So it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. We get them here, but like not not in Muskegon. They uh, right? No, you get sandblasting in Muskegon. We get a lot of sandblasting. <laughs> 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 but like Ugh. shit bounces around us and stuff because of uh, like we have so much dunes and stuff being right on the lake. Mm. Well, like a lot of high ass dunes and shit, so stuff like that just fucking it bounces around us, misses us a lot. But a lot of other places yeah, get them. Yeah, yeah, we get really like really bad windstorms and shit like that and lightning damage, but uh, tornadoes not so much. Damn, that's uh, I, 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 I think you have to be situated a certain way, like geographically. Like that's why, like. Oklahoma be getting the fuck and Kansas be getting the Missouri, you know, the, right, right. In the tornado alley. It's just, it's geographically where you're at. And your cats have been fuck? going nuts back there. <laughs> yeah, man. They're running around. We got three cats. You know what I'm this is, dude, let me tell you this story, right? Like this is just full of fucking stories. So we get one cat. It's 2015. My girlfriend want to get her, her, her daughter, a cat, get a cat. Okay. Fine. Oh, dandy. What ends up happening though, is that cat always, Cats pick people. I don't know if you you know you know how yeah, well yeah. you know cats. Yeah, yeah, I've but had pick, lots of cats pick growing people. up. Okay, I I had I didn't have really cats, but my my sister had cat, and the the cat she would had a con she had she had let me tell you so she had many cats, but it had one name. So anytime one would run away, or one got hit by a car, she they would. It was just a replacement cat, right? Like it's like a you watch like uh, 
Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right? Yeah. First two seasons, you have a mom. Next season, it's this light skinned mom. You're like, Aunt Viv, what's wrong? Right, the different Aunt Viv and shit. Right, this was like an Aunt Viv cat. The cat was named T. It was one name, T, just the letter T. And she named it when she was obviously like three or four. But one cat, named his name was T, and constantly T was a new character, right, every season. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was a new character. You know, he's like, you Last time you were orange. Why are you black and white? You know, like last time you were black and white. Why are you gray? You know, so <laughs> no, no, you know, no fucking for a while, though, T was a reoccurring. The character of him was was reoccurring. And the first two or three T's, it was orange cat. It was an orange tabby um, and the cat. All the T's, the one that lasted the longest hated me and it would like piss on my shirt. Uh. It was a it was a real, I was, you know, in high school and, you don't, you know, I thought I had some clean to wear, you know, in school and yep. nope, guys, the cats, the guy, I'm like, why the fuck this, and uh, you put it up to the light and you can see the, the cat stain, the piss stain, you're like, oh, fuck you, dude, I'm going to kick you in the ribs next time I see you. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> they, they don't like that either, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, man, but so, so. Now, you know, we got a cat now, and, and it's 2015, and so it ends up, the person that the cat ends up picking is my girlfriend. She bought it for her daughter. Right. And, ends up, and so she's like, man, I want to get Maddie a new cat next year. And I'm like, what the fuck? You get another cat, bro? So I'm at work. I was working at Progressive. I was working at Progressive Call Center. Uh, so I worked that schedule. It was, it's interesting because I couldn't go with them to, to look at the cats because what what my girlfriend ends up doing is she she will find the cats that are fostered for a little bit when they're little. Yeah, yeah. And you can adopt them. It's a gr- I think it's one of the greatest services that people can can do, right? Like even if you if you love pets, you don't want to keep them for a long time, but you want to help them. I recommend everybody just foster, you know, for a little bit. You know, it's like six weeks or something. It's not a lot, not a long commitment. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's a great service that people do, and I didn't know about it until. Um, we were, we got to the cat you know cat game you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> practicing the dark arts with the cat game you know what I'm saying so um, so she yeah she went to go to the foster homes and she was inviting me to go but I was working I was working uh, ten hour days four ten hour days and I'd have three days off which was a badass schedule yeah yeah but that's fucking I, tight it's dope man it's, it, it, the only thing was it's it's so long because like. I worked in claims and like, I'm constantly getting claims and I want to help people. And like, I can't help everybody. And you know, like it's, it's, it's one of those type things, man. So it was, it was, it, it was mentally taxing, especially when I did overtime. Cause I do like 12 hour days, mm-hmm. but I'd be there really 13 hours with my lunch. Um, but you know, money's cool, whatever the fuck. So that's not the point of the story. So the point of the story, so she goes and she, she, uh, she, she's looking at the, at the cats and she's like sending me pictures, and she's like, "So thinking about getting this cat. These are four finalists, and one of them had a picture of two cats. They're twins." And I'm like, well, "We're only going to get one cat." She's like, "I know, but they're brother and sister, and their mom abandoned them, and they don't have a you know a dad." And I'm like, "Well, of course they're being fostered. Like they don't have no parents right now." So, <laughs> um, so so she so she ends up sending me like the finalists, and it's it's this other cat, and it's the two twins, and I'm like. We're not getting two cats. Don't do it. We're not getting. We're getting one cat. So I come home. All of a sudden, there's two fucking cats. Mm. Long story short. Mm-hmm. And so we have three cats. So we have three cats. And luckily, though, 
it worked out that each cat picks their person. So one of the two cats actually picked Maddie, and one of them actually picked me. And I didn't want a cat to pick me. I, I didn't want to love no cat, but you know, one of the cats is mine. So, you know, I used to not be a cat person. I'm still, I still teeter the line. You know, like I, I'm, I'm not all the way with it, but I'm not against it. So, you want to love your cat? Go ahead, do your thing, boo boo. So. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, man. Hell yeah, dude. I had a cat for, well, like, growing up and shit, I had cats. My parents, my dad's a cat person. Oh, okay. And so, like, we always had cats growing up. And then I didn't have a cat until I moved into this this five-bedroom house in, like, 2011. When I, uh, I'd moved away for a little, or up north of Muskegon for a little bit working, and then I came back and needed a place to stay, so I didn't have to live with my parents. So I moved in this house. Roommate had two cats. There was Thor and Loki. Well, <clears throat> Thor actually became Thortron. And damn, that's a, that's a hard ass name. Right there. <laughs> so a friend of mine, like she, we were all drunk partying one night, and she kept calling him Tron. And so he just became Thortron. Thortron and I became buddies when he discovered that he liked getting high. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so we became tight because he always wanted to get high. And then my roommate, Greg, moved to Hawaii, and I didn't want to see somebody else get him, so I took him. And uh, he moved in with me and then moved with me when me and Tony lived together for a while. And that's like, dude, that that cat was a fucking stoner. I love it, man. He'd hear a lighter flick or somebody coughing, and he'd come running to whatever room you were in. And just look at my you cats like, are, what up? are alcoholics. They like to drink whatever I'm drinking. They have to put their little head in my cup, <laughs> take, a, take a few little sippies, and uh, they like to, you know, wander around the house, you know, and uh, be in the dark realm. They just, you know, they like to do some do some cat shit when they're in the drunk. You know what I'm saying? Oh, speaking of drunk, this is a nice segue. I heard because I heard again. I listened to your guys' show. Shout out everybody. Go listen to Average Joe's. Um, heard you were talking about uh, the you brought up the Ric Flair thirty for thirty, bro, bro. God damn! Oh my god, sir! Like I had heard oh Ric Flair stories growing up, and you know, like um, I watched a lot of shoot interviews and stuff like that. But I, Jesus Christ, dude! I, I no fucking lie, I teared up twice during that fucking that thing, dude. I feel I you, bro. Work. I was at work too. Oh, and like two of the points. Like, so one of the time I was at my desk. So like at work, uh, we have all these, you have these big long desks and they're not separated by anything. Like you can literally like reach over and touch your neighbor if you wanted to like it's open space. Okay. Is which is, I really like. Cause like, if you want to just like look at, turn to your side and like talk to your neighbor, you fucking can. Um, I work not- for, I'll, I'll tell you, I work for like after the thing, but I work for, I work for a contract company that's that's for a major like social media company, um, so it's really free. We get to do whatever the fuck we want. They feed us all the time. It's really cool, man. That's tight, man. We take home Red Bulls and shit, so they keep us caffeinated all day. Um, so I was at my my work desk, right, for all intents and purposes, when I teared up the first time, and then I had to stop, and I was like, 
fuck. And it's like 8.30 in the morning. I'm like, fuck, it's too early to be crying like this. Like, <laughs> nah, I can't be, nah, uh, this is not the way, this is not the way today going to start off. Uh, <laughs> not today, Satan. Not, not today. today, Satan. Nah, not today, man. Um, <laughs> and then, so I go off and, and um, what I usually do at work is I'll do podcast stuff. Like I'll edit and Word. I'll upload from, from work. Okay. Uh, because I'll have my work laptop next to me and I'll have my, my first, like my, you know, my personal laptop. And I do sit on my work laptop while, while it's rendering, like for video, like you can imagine it takes a couple minutes, you know what I'm saying? So for I can sure. do, do work on my, on my, on my work laptop while that's going on. So we have these little like phone booths. It's really cool. We have these little phone booths where you can sit in there. It's got just a table. It's got two outlets. It's got a little soft uh, bench and it's made for like, one person, like two people, could fit in there, but it'd be like a, it'd be like when you're at a roller coaster, and yeah. it's meant, it's it, you could, they say it's meant for two people, but you're like motherfucker, what? I don't want to squeeze like this, you know what I'm saying? So you <laughs> could fit two people, but uh, so I go in there uh, Friday. I, I really didn't do shit on Friday except podcast stuff, like podcast editing, because I had done three episodes the night before, because my girlfriend had left Thursday, right? So I was just like podcast, 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 podcast. Uh, so I did, I did, I did, I did recorded one with, uh, Jose Shorty Torres from Titan FC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, people don't know him. He's the Bantamweight and Flyweight champion of Titan FC. Um, and I've known him since 2015 before he was even signed with Titan FC. And it was him and his weight management specialist, Lou Trishan. And Lou actually in 2016, I was like busiest year of his life. Cause he worked with Johnny Hendricks. He worked with Anthony Pettit. He worked with John Jones um, BJ Penn, Andre Olofsky, uh, a lot of the guys out of the Jackson connect, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and there's some stories about that he goes into as to why Anthony didn't make weight. Some of them have to do with Mike Dolce, which is fucked up. Um, but that's not this, that's not what we're talking about right now. So I recorded that one GSP and I did a, a breakdown for 217 and a broke down Pettit and Poirier. So I'm editing those in the phone booth and, um, as it's rendering, I'm watching Ric Flair 30 for 30. And then I tear up again. Like it was like 40 minutes. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? In my <laughs> oh my God, dude. Cause I could relate. Some of the points I could actually relate to, which was insane. Like, and, and, and I like, it just kind of brought up, like, it's like hearing therapy, like out loud therapy. And you're like, fuck, I guess that's me. Fuck man. Like it's, it's uh, it just kind of hit home too close to home. And uh, I, 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 te- I was teary-eyed two moments. But it was an incredible, an incredible 30 for 30. And I'd never really seen 30 for 30. So it's kind of my first time. But I, could, I, I had my head. Oh, my word. Imagine. That was your first one? Yeah, I don't watch a lot of sports. Man. Well, like, that's true. Nothing, yeah, yeah. Nothing that they do is, is they've never done a 30 for 30 on, I can't think of a fighter. There's right? some like, good boxing ones. Boxing ones, okay. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That's why I figured for sure. I, I want to say I don't watch a ton of them, but like I, I've watched the ones that pertain to stuff that I'm interested in. Like they did one on the on the Detroit Pistons, uh, Bad Boys, that was really good. Um, some of the ones on like the University of Miami, the U Docs. Yeah, really I heard that good. was the big one that was they had to do like part two, right? Yeah, yeah, like a lot of crazy shit. Like just the crazy shit that went on all those generations at the U. Um, like when Michael Irvin was there and like everybody else, just crazy shit, parties and fucking, but wrecking Damn, shit. man. Yeah, but they're really well done. Like that's yeah, one thing ESPN is, is still doing well is those documentaries. 
Because yeah, I'm sure their their overnight numbers were fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, it was my first exposure to nice. it, and it was it's a good start. It, it, it was man, and and like, you know, I remember Ric Flair because I used to back in the day. Low key, I used to be a wrestling fan. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think all of us were when you're littler, right? For sure. So, I was. I remember WCW. I remember Ric Flair coming in, but it was one thing to look to see, like, damn, because of him, we got all this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. his influence on the game and and what he done. Um, I think that was really um, man had definitely newfound respect for him. Um, you know, much in the same way when I do film study. Uh, I, like they've been doing for the GSP series. I have like newfound respect for like BJ Penn and like Mayhem Miller that like <laughs> I didn't have before because you don't you don't take the time to like watch or appreciate and you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, Mayhem yeah, Miller, man, man if he could have just kept his shit together, the like, dude could fight. Yeah, he was good. Well, you know, and he it was it was the things that I appreciated about him in the GSP fight were just subtle things that he did even off of his back that GSP couldn't figure out at the time. Like now it should be normal knowledge. Right. But like then it was super advanced. Yeah. He was, he was reversing positions. He was getting out of positions that GSP thought he had leverage on. Like he was able to get up. He was able to push GSP off. Like on, it was just, there were certain things on the ground that at the time were so innovative and so ahead of their time that um, you can't, you can't do anything but respect like who he was at that time. Um, like I said, man, I found a lot of newfound respect for for him. And um, yeah, man, I, I don't know, even BJ Penn too. Like I had never people. I, I had just said like I used to say words, just to say words. Like BJ Penn is a goat. Okay, I used to just say it because. Mm-hmm. But I caught him in '09 when he was on that nice little streak where he beat Kenny Florian and he beat Diego Sanchez and arguably I think he beat Frankie Edgar the first time. You know, like. <laughs> I, I was I, w- I caught him then, which was still prime BJ, I think. But right, like, for sure. But I didn't take in like the magnificent of his genius until I, I saw the GSP and I broke down the GSP BJ Penn fight, dude. Like that, the kid at the time was just um, advanced, like just so advanced, and and it's unappreciated because of all this shit that he's been drug out through for you know all these years. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. It's it's like one of those. Like I'll even I'll compare it to to the the thirty for thirty about Rick at the end, where he just you know still working was still working and like doing shit when he shouldn't. Have oh been. yeah, it's like that when he when he shouldn't have been, you know, because because he needed the money because he just spent it or just did you know whatever with it. We're like. When BJ and those guys fought, they didn't really get paid a lot, so it's not like he could could have put away and shit and. They just they keep going because they feel like they have to. But BJ at that time in two thousand nine, or even before that, too. But yeah, when he was focused yeah. and and actually training and, and shit like that, he was a dangerous motherfucker. Yeah, he he really was, man. And um, it, I don't know. It's 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 um, again. He was just advanced, like. In fights, I feel like one of the things that's overlooked, especially if you break down fights, like is certain positions where guys have better leverage on a person than another person, or they have a better game in that area. Like in certain positions, they are more advanced than you will ever be. Prime example is like OSP. You know, he is 
anytime you put your hand over his head to try and get him into a guillotine and get you to the ground, if he's in your half guard, he's going to fucking bamboo choke you. Yep. Like, this, it's just going to happen. And, and you didn't expect that because your training partner in that position when you were training didn't get you in that position because either their arms weren't long enough or they weren't familiar enough with that position enough to be able to do it. That's why motherfuckers get choked out. Yep. Like, from, from uh, OSP. It's not that he's the greatest grappler ever. No. Nope. In that position, do not go there with him. Do not be there with him. It's the same reason why Alexi Ol- uh, Ol- which is Alexi Olenek. Yeah, I always struggle with that has, shit too. He same reason why he has so many Ezekiel chokes, because motherfuckers aren't familiar enough that when they get in that position in training, they're like, oh no, no, there is no threat of a submission from this point. I am either I'm, adva- I'm more advanced in the position than you, or there's no way you can attack me. So when he gets people in the Ezekiel choke and they tap and they're like, what in the fuck just happened? I was breathing, and then I, then I wasn't breathing, and what the fuck, right? Like, it's not because he's the best submission artist ever. It's in that position, he he is way more advanced than you, and that's the way BJ Penn was for a very long time. When he would use like, uh, he he would go back and forth with using like butterfly guard and close guard and butterfly guard, either to get up or to push you off or to work his legs all the way up until his legs are like touching your forehead. And you're like. Wait, 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 wait. How does this happen? It's just just dexterity too, right? Right. You're not going to find a training partner that's going to be able to lift their head, their feet over your head and fucking almost damn near they can lick their toes. You know what I'm saying? Like, not going to happen, right? That's that fucking advanced rubber guard shit. (laughs) It really, it really was at the time, man. Yeah. So there's a lot of innovations that BJ, that BJ did and, and, and not to, you know, suck his dick too much uh, for too much longer, but it was. You find fighters like this where in certain positions they are way better or way more advanced than you will ever be. So do not get there in that position. And it's it's, it's funny because there was um there was like a fight like a few weeks ago, and I forget what the um what what it was. It was the one in Brazil. It was a card in Brazil where Derek Brunson fought Leona Machida, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a motherfucker who got he was not supposed to win, but he won by I think it was a guillotine because the dude like. Single leg, single leg takedown, take, took him down. I can't think of the name, uh, but he was not supposed to win, but he wins like that. Like, if he's going to win, he wins in that way where he just catches a submission, like a Hail Mary submission, but it's not Hail Mary submission. It's you got to a position where he's super familiar with, oh, your head's going to always be on this side, or even if your head's over here, I know where my arm needs to be, bitch, so you're going to get choked out. Yeah. So, Team I Alpha mean, Male and guillotines. Yeah, right? Like, things like that. And so it, it's in certain positions, there will always be somebody better than you. Like, so it, it's not about training overall game. It's about training, I think, especially now, to, be, to get the fight where you're better at in certain positions, whether, it's, whether you're a striker and you need to get the game long, whether you're a striker you need to get the game short, whether you're a, a grappler and you need to be um, either, you know, you need to attack from either the right or the left. Um, as far as wrestling goes, whether you're a grappler on bottom and you need to, you know, flex your, your butterfly or you're really good at a half guard like Damien Maya, you know what I'm saying? Like certain positions work really well for certain guys and they need to be avoided. And if it, they are avoided, you know, motherfuckers will beat them more often than not. And the guy who's figured that out, somebody like um, Tyron Woodley is like a perfect example. Like, I just won't go where you're good. Right. How about that? It, it, fuck it if the fight's boring. I just won't go where you're good. Ever. 
we'll just be where I'm good at. How about that? And and it makes for a boring fight, but it's in strategy and tactic, it's one of the smartest things you could and should be doing, which makes the GSP potential fight, if that ever happens, all the more exciting because of how he approaches fights. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be a real. That's going to be a really interesting fight if it does happen. And, and, it, and it might, man. It's it's not far out of the realm of, of possibility from uh, from happening, man. But you do, know, do you think he's gonna is gonna defend against Bobby Knuckles, or do you think it's gonna he's gonna try for the money fight? I'd, I'd go if, if I had to choose, and I was GSP, I would go for 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 um, Bobby Knuckles, and here's why. As dangerous and as young as he is, um, he's still he's still a guy. He's no he he is still a guy that come from welterweight to middleweight. Yep. You know he is still a guy that is beatable. There is a style to beat him, um, and, and regardless of if you're if you're that style or not, there is ways you can beat him. He is beatable, just like you are. But he he more so because he's while he's still advancing in his knowledge. You're GSP. You have that all that advanced knowledge, and then you can advance your knowledge even more. So, like, and it's to say it like this: like, even though GSP was out of the game for what, four years now, right? And you're like, but ring experience and stuff, bitch. GSP's got the ring experience back, like, without a doubt. Like, yeah, for sure. He, we can't deny it. You know, y'all, y'all. What's Nate Dog say? Y'all can't deny it. I'm a straight rider. <laughs> you don't wanna fuck with me. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's, that's GSP. So I think like the size thing, right? Like that's, that's a non-issue for sure. It's the same guys coming up from the same weight class as you. What does he have? He's Southpaw. He has hands. He has anti-wrestling. That's what, that's what he does well. But what do you do? Well, you have range, you have, uh, explosive takedowns, whether it's against the cage, uh, whether it's in open space and Bobby still leaves himself a little, out a little reckless you know like let's let's not forget he almost got knocked out in the brunson fight let's right. not forget uh yoel still won rounds on on the kid like he was able to find attacks and strikes that worked well he was able to uh break up rhythm break up attacks and rhythm to be successful against bobby like bobby didn't just run through romero you know what i'm saying so right not like let, he did with jockery and stuff Let's yeah, let's pump the brakes, right? Like let's skirt, like let's stop. So um, I'm just saying, man. Like there's a couple red flags that that GSP could could actually could beat him, and then I, I would say he beats him in drops. Like I, he's got a dip sometimes, right? Just beat him in drop. Like, yeah, unify, unify him in drops. Yeah, you have nothing more to prove. You want to fight Connor? Go fight Connor. Whatever the fuck you want to do, but you have nothing more. You have. You've had two belts and you've defended two belts. Is there anything more we should expect from GSP? No. No, he's done. If he unifies and drops, everything. I'm happy with that. Like, 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 that's cool. What What would bother me is if he just drops mm. and goes and just you know takes the belt and doesn't doesn't try to defend it. I mean, I mean, it, but would, I mean, I get that it's not good for the division, but like would. Would we really be mad? Like any move he makes, like is anybody really gonna be mad? Like if he fights Bobby Knuckles, if he fights Connor, if he fights Tyron, if he fights Anderson Silva, like not for the belt, like if he just fights him, 
would anybody really be mad like if that's his last fight not, or if he leaves? Not mad, but I just I don't know. I, 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 I guess, get what you're saying. I'm but just like, tired of all the divisions getting clogged up. You know what I mean? And it's not his fault. Like it's not his fault he came back at this time. I don't blame you know him. Saying? I don't blame him in in particular. Like it's it's not George I blame or, or anything. I'm just I don't know. I just don't want to see any more divisions clogged up. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not like George. Do your thing, bro. Get your money. Get your big fights. Do whatever. Like I'll watch it. That's gonna happen. It. Right. I just. It's just more that I don't want another division clogged up waiting, with you know, with two interim champs sitting at fifty five and eighty five waiting to see what's gonna happen instead of just unifying belts and let's make shit happen. Yeah, I feel like it was a different time and that wasn't going on. Like it would a lot more people would be cool with it because it's not going on. But because right. it's a trend, it's like don't be the next one, George. Don't be that don't be that guy. Yeah, like, that's that's all I'm saying. Just don't come on. Let's just let's get a belt unified and then go drop and go try to take mm-hmm. on Tyron. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, man. Because 70s uh, pretty open. I don't want to see Wonder Boy in Woodley 3 right now. No, never, ever again. If I never saw the fight, and I love Wonder Boy. And I do, too. If I never too. saw the fight again, I would, I, would, I would not be mad. Like, I, I would be happy if I never saw that fight again, ever. Right. And I it do. just doesn't work. It just, I, 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 I said it on my breakdown that, like, I think Wonder Boy beats everybody in, in welterweight division except for Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Like, I can't think of anybody that's going to give him trouble. Like, and nobody else has, nah. you know, besides Matt Brown. But, like, oh, goddamn, Matt Brown, dude. Holy shit, an elbow from fucking hell. Oh, my goodness, dude. <laughs> goddamn, Matt Brown. Oh, my God, dude. Like, that was rough to watch. Right, I bet, I bet. Holy fuck, dude. Like, just caught the leg and then let it go. And as he let it go, came over the top and said, bye, Felicia. <laughs> Good night, Diego. Good night, Felicia. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, dude, that was a that's that's two brutal bad knockouts in a row, Diego. It's time to just it's time to put him up, bro. I don't know. I don't know why he went to 170. We all knew he was gonna lose, but I was telling him like I wouldn't be mad. Like I, I, I you know, I, in my heart, like I want to see Diego do good. Yeah, like we all know he's gonna lose. Like, and it's sad that we all know that. Like, he's that guy. Like, he's that guy that gets beat up, and we all know it. Yeah, and I don't want to see it anymore, man. I don't want to remember Diego that way. No, none of us do, man. Like, no, it's not fair. It's not fair for like new fans who see Diego. They're like, "Oh, this garbage ass fighter. Like, why does everybody like him?" And you're like, "Bro, like, do you, do you, you serious? Right? Do you know what he did?" Like, yeah, look at like his you, legacy, man. Right. Like, I, I remember the first time I saw Diego Sanchez fight. I had just gotten into MMA in '09, and it was the Ultimate Fighter season nine finale. Because I had been watching Ultimate Fighter season nine okay. with Henderson and Bisping. Yep. Um, and so the season finale, Ross Pearson was in the season finale. He actually won that season. Yep, I remember that uh, season. It was him and Demarcus Johnson, and. Um, and and so the main fight was Clay Guida, Diego Sanchez, and whoever won that fight was going to fight BJ next because Clay had been on a streak and Diego had been on like a I don't say a streak, but like I think he won one or two fights by like split decision. Like I think he beat like 
Joe Daddy Stevenson by like, split decision or some like it was, he had some some fuckery fights where it was like split decision decision Diego fights you know what I'm saying right and um, yeah that fight was my that's my favorite Clay Guida fight ever um, is is or not favorite Clay Guida fight favorite Diego Sanchez fight ever yeah is the Clay Guida one like and I think it's it's a little bit more forgotten about than the other ones like it, you know because it, it was so far back. Like, the one that comes to mind that everybody loves is a Gilbert Melendez, right? But, like, motherfuckers sure. want to forget. Like, he's had, like, all of his performances have been like that. Like, that one, Clay Guida, the, um, what was the one? He was, It was at 170, Martin Campman. Yeah. You, you know, he, he and he told me, I don't know, you saw the, the interview I did with him when he was in the ice bath last year. Oh, yeah. But he, he told me that uh, uh, that was his favorite fight, was a Martin Campman fight. Because he had a broken leg, he had a broken uh, like femur. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, 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 he, yeah. He had a crack. He cracked, um, and he didn't want to pull out, and it cracked even more during the fight. So he couldn't throw his kick anymore, or some shit. Like I was like, "What in the?" F-? He's like, "I had a hairline fracture, and we found out after it broke a little bit more." And I was like, "What in the fuck, bro? Like, yeah, you're insane, dude. You're you're insane." But you know what? <laughs> he he's well aware. It was funny, man. Like after that interview, he's very well aware of like how people think of him, for sure, and how what he needs to do. He's like, people tell me, you know, I hear I should retire, and I'm just not, I'm just not ready for it, man. Like I've got, got my, he's got his wits about him, dude. Like if you ever see him crazy, it's because there's a camera on. Like when the camera's off, like he's very well witted. He's very, uh, he's got his wits. He's not slurry. Um, he's very intelligent. And um, one thing I know, the only thing I noticed was. When he fought Jim Miller, um, he was talking about the Jim Miller camp. Yeah, getting ready for Jim Miller. And, and uh, he was like, you know, Jim Miller had never been, you know, beaten in the way I did. Like, I think he was talking about, like, the style. He's like, we didn't, we weren't really sure how to approach. And I'm like, and this is what got me that there's some division in Jackson's camp. Because prior in 2015, uh, or 2014, I'm sorry, remember Donald Cerrone fought Jim Miller? Yeah. And he knocked him out, right? Like, it was a head kick and knocked him out and, like, punched him to fucking death or some shit, right? And I think, I, I think I remember it correctly. Like, he hit him with a head kick, and Jim Miller, like, fell back, and I think it was, like, ground and pound, and, and Cerrone won. And that was on – that was actually a funny thing. That was, that was on a uh, – uh, Kelvin Gaslam was on that car, too. So, crazy thing. Um, but – so, I told, I told Diego, and I'm like, what about when Donald Cerrone – he fights out of Jackson's, right? Like – he beat him before you beat Jim Miller. Like, don't you remember that? He's like, oh, yeah. Like, it, had, it hadn't dawned on him during the camp. Like, it, it had never dawned on him that, like, Cerrone had fought. Like, there was a game plan to beat Jim Miller already in place. It had never dawned on him. And so that's when I immediately in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, there's some division here. Like, there's some non-communication between we think some of these guys are really close and some of the things that we think are discussed are not always discussed. Right. And that was my first inkling, like, oh, damn. Like, there's – sometimes there's problems here. Like, there's more – there's a problem here that is not talked about or discussed. Mm. I never really thought about it like that. That's crazy. Yeah, right? Like, I, he, you know, he was talking about approaching Jim Miller in this way and we've got to do this. And I'm like, why don't you just do it like Cerrone did? Like, obviously, just kick the motherfucker in the head. Like, the opening's there. And he's like – Oh yeah, it's like you tell us. It's like you tell a stone or something that's like obvious, and they're just like, 
like you know you can just tip the glass over like this right like oh yeah, yeah like, <laughs> look you up. had never thought of that up until now like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know man but he's he's a really nice guy oh one thing i'll let you in on some insider trader secrets um i saw i remember watching holly home do wrestling practice uh, with a 115er, and obviously she was a girl who fights at 115. She wasn't 115 at the time. She's probably like 130, 135. But Holly Holm still got that booty for days, mm-hmm. especially when she's not in. She was getting ready for the Shevchenko fight, but I remember she was working wrestling, and she was on bottom, and I was like, and they were they were practicing trying to get up, and maybe she was off that day. I don't really know just didn't look good i was like i hope she never goes on her back ever again like this is not a good look like it bro re- bat, no no wrestling to get up just mm, no 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 <laughs> no 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 like and and that was 2016 and again could have been an off day but i was just like if shevchenko takes her down she's gonna win this fight well and i mean i think when she actually tried like misha showed Holly's wrestling is not very good. Oh yeah, man, it it really. It's it, I, I, but I thought it was just Misha, right? Like I I, I went into to watching the wrestling practice that day, and I'm like, well, Misha's wrestling is just obviously it's well suited for MMA for sure, which I'm, is true, right? Which is which is true to an extent, but you don't. So so I was kind of dismissive of Holly's lack of wrestling, but then when I saw it in person, I'm like, oh mother of God, I, I hope she just practices all day. And I hope this is an off day. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But, For sure. Oh, man. But yeah, it was it was an, that was an experience being at Jackson's, man. I was a uh, you. You got to do that, right? Like you should do that, don't you? You should. There aren't there any gyms in in Michigan? We got a couple. Like uh, most of them are on the other side of the state. We got a gym actually in uh, Grand Rapids that Kevin Lee. That's where he started out of when he was signed to the UFC. Um, down at uh, it's uh, Triumph MMA. Mm. Um, but yeah, we don't have anything really close. I should try to get a hold of somebody at Triumph, but I bet you could. I bet you you could be like, hey man, if you guys ain't got any fights, like feel free to come on, like build that, build that bridge. Because I know that's what I did with like with Jackson's is, is like, I built that bridge there and like, I'm welcome to come back like any time. And it was, it was really cool, man. Like, I don't know if I've ever talked about like all the experience with you, but like seeing the first day, I, I was there for two days. I was there on a Tuesday and a Friday. When I was there on a Tuesday, it was John Jones was, uh, you know, that was the time John Jones was getting ready for DC okay. before UFC 200. And so <clears throat> he was, uh, he was sparring like all day in the morning. He was running through sparring partners, like just it was just like a, a gangbang of just going through them, going through them, going through them. And it, I remember watching it and looking at, it, I'm like, oh my god, like this, he is amazing. Like he he was just doing amazing, amazing shit, like to his sparring partners. And I remember it was he was bringing like high level guys in, like he was bringing like Brunson was there that day, I think. He was bringing Brunson in the cage, and Kyle Noak was there. And it was it was the Kyle Noak thing. The reason that sticks in my head was because he was sparring. He was sparring, and then all of a sudden the sparring ends, and uh, they're like, "Okay, who else do you want to bring in?" John John's like, "I want to bring in that guy with the white gloves." 
And obviously there's an octagon. So you, he's going, you know, there's two octagons in Jackson's and then they have open mats. Okay. So John immediately turned and pointed to, to the guy with, with, with gloves on, with the white gloves on. And it was Kyle Noak. And uh, so he tells, um, I think it, who was monitoring practice? Was it, it was either Winkle John or Gibson. They were monitoring sparring. I think it might've been both of them that day. And um, he was telling him, I want, I want the kid with the white gloves. And they're like, oh, that's Kyle Noak. He's from UC. He's like, let's get him in here, man. So as he was sparring, he could see out the corner of his eye who was doing well. Like, Damn. observant as fuck, dude. Like, when they talk about Mayweather, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, Andre Berto. I, again, I watched a whole bunch of shit before. But there was an interview where Andre Berto was like, Mayweather is going to whoop the shit out of McGregor. And it's not even because he's faster, quicker. And it's, he's, he's observant. I remember, he's like, I remember we would go back into the fight, go back in the stool, and in the middle of us, you know, getting water and shit, I could see him peeking over his coach and looking at me, just looking to see what we were doing on, on our side. And he was like, that fucked me up, right? Because I'm like, listen, I'm trying to take a break. Stop looking at me. I just want to, you know what I'm saying? I want to take a mental breather. I, w- I want to feel not that pressure. And Mayweather, by Mayweather looking at you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, Oh shit! I am in a fight right now. I don't have time to mentally relax. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a special trait to be that observant. And I was utterly impressed when that happened because he he literally like stopped like the round was done, got done with sparring. Had to have been he didn't look very long. It was like 10, 15 seconds, and then he was like, "Yeah, that's the guy." So he had to have been watching him while he was sparring. That's crazy. That's so fucking well, crazy. Well, sparring bro. at a high level against the high level people, and he sees. You know, out on the floor, there's like 40 bodies. Out of those 40 bodies, he identifies who's doing well. Like, it's utterly insane, man. That's fucking, that's just some next level shit. He just, yeah. <laughs> God, if he could only have just kept his shit to fucking gather. Did you hear about that rumor thing? About the cocaine? But the cocaine? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the I video that you, you posted. Is is that not believable, though? Like, if that, let me put it like this. Instead of hypothetically, let put, let's put it like this. If John Jones turned in cocaine to USADA and they tested it and found Terenabal, is that believable? Yeah. Like, would, would people be like, oh, shit. Would they, would they, because it's John Jones, that's super believable, I think, right? Like, if he turned it in, they tested it, they found Terenabal in the cocaine. He's like, listen, I'm going to be honest. This is what I took. I happened to have this dime bag. And they all traced the substance. And they were like, yeah, USADA was like, oh. Okay, cool. And that was front page news. Would anybody bat an eye to be like, yeah, I believe it? No. No. <laughs> right? Like, that's so Jones. At this point, there's nothing that can happen with John Jones that. It's off the table, right? It's off the table. No, nothing. Sandblasting fucking hookers. And you know what? I, 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 I hadn't turned my back on John this whole time, man. I've been low key still a John supporter, but Me just too. because. Like a ta- the talent, because of what I saw firsthand, like right. there's no denying that that talent-wise, he's the most you know the most amazing just fighter that we've ever seen. That that's his goat stature is talent, right? Like I think every goat has their thing, legacy and stuff. You know, GSP uh, right now in the moment, skill for skill, Demetrius Johnson. But like talent that just stepped in the cage, didn't you know have a whole bunch behind him, and like all of a sudden is this uber talented kid that's jones yeah he, he's the new school prodigy you know what i'm saying and he actually for the most part puts a little bit more 
time and effort into trying to be better. You know what I'm saying? He's still a fuckboy, but God damn it. If like, you know, I don't think there's some fuckery going on and that this scenario is not out of the realm of possibility. You know what I'm saying? Like this could totally be what's going on. <laughs> I can't wait to watch this whole thing shake out, man. <laughs> for real, for real, man. I love it. I love um, it, man. What's your plans for the rest of the day, man? Just getting like a shit, you know, just chilling, probably watching some football, keeping an eye on my fantasy team that's been doing god awful. Mm. Trying to get fucking, trying to. I just got to win like one or two games, and I can get in the playoffs, and I still got a shot at four hundred bucks. I don't understand that, but I wish you uh, may the odds be ever in your favor, sir. <laughs> I'm just trying to win some money, man. I'm broke. <laughs> oh damn, man, I, 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 that sucks, bro. I I'm mean, sorry to hear that. Man. I'm not really broke, but I like <laughs> I like extra money. You know, who couldn't use an extra yeah. <laughs> couple hundred bucks? Extra money is always good money, right? Like, you know, especially see at, a couple more zeros. Yeah, especially the at the expense of my friends that I can laugh at them. So. You seem like a guy. You seem like a motherfucker who likes to laugh at his friends for shit. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I love my friends dearly, but we all like to talk a lot of shit to each other. So, As you always like to talk a lot of shit to Ryan, and I always laugh when you make fun of him for like some shit, and he's like, and he's so it's so funny, man, because he's so apologetic because he's Canadian. He's so polite. <laughs> he's so polite. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me tell you what is a boot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my ryan impression <laughs> he he's so polite when i get so mean at him and i can't help it because ryan does do shit on purpose don't don't let him fool you like he's polite as fuck but low-key ryan knows how to push my buttons and he goes for it well you're a but you're a button pushing mother you got you're a motherfucker who has buttons to be pushed it's true right like i got trigger you, points you got some you got some you know you got some hot some uh some hot buttons that are just out there just blatantly just uh, you know like I feel like me and you know I feel like me particularly I was gonna say Kyle but Kyle has some Kyle has some buttons you can push oh for sure like, he got a couple of buttons you know <laughs> and you'll know that you pushed a button when he's like oh Hard disagree, and you know you push the button when he when that's the response that comes up. If he was a toy, right? If he was a toy, and you push the button, and the the saying comes out, oh, hard disagree. That's the button. That's the hot button for him. <laughs> that's Kyle. That's how you know you pushed it. <laughs> Me, not not so much, man. Like the only time I, I've had buttons to push was during Mayweather McGregor. Yeah, you got feisty as fuck during that shit. <laughs> Like, man, I had to set motherfuckers on, uh, you know, I had to set motherfuckers straight, dude. Like, there was so much fake news, Trump fake news going on with the fight. Like, it was even from high level people that thought that that people think are high level, inaccurate. Like, information inaccurate all across the board. Bro, you, <laughs> I've seen you get so crazy a couple of times. Like, I was just like, I'm staying low key on this. I ain't trying to get him. <laughs> I ain't trying to get him Blake's targets. Like, fuck this shit. I'm good. <laughs> Not worth it. Not nope. worth it. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> good. You know who else? I would bring. Oh would no! Bring go ahead. Highlights and fucking stats. And yeah. Fucking. <laughs> and that shit was cracking me up. So I was like, I, I ain't gonna have no part of it. I'm not. I'm not even gonna start right now. I'm... But <laughs> I was getting good. high. <laughs> I'm just trying to chill and read fucking people's opinions. You know who else has got easy trigger points? Is Keith. Keith got the easiest trigger points, dude. Like. Oh my! That man, I swear to God, like his whole his whole body is a button. I like to try to troll Keith. <laughs> it's so funny that one that Kyle wrote the other day about like, him being a piece of shit. <laughs> 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 it 
Explain Keith using only a shit emoji. Well, when I was talking to Kyle the first time last night, he was just telling me about how he had to do the apology video and I hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, please tell me you called Keith a piece of shit. He's like, no, but I should have. That's how he should have ended it. But like, I was wrong, but Keith's still a piece of shit. That's what I said. Always remind <laughs> Keith that he's a piece of shit. It's not just because he's a cop. It's just in general, Keith is a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But we well, like dude, I've him. Had a lot, I've had a lot of fun, man. Thank you for uh, for having me on today, sir. Hell uh, yeah, man. Thank you for coming been, on, dude. Yeah, I just smoked and you drank a little bit, watched these fights. It's been fun, dude. It's been real. I feel like I've I've learned a lot about life through these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> man, I appreciate you coming on. You're welcome back anytime, bro. Thank you, sir, man. Uh, and uh, yeah, everybody go follow. Thank you for tuning in. Everybody go follow Loaded Joe's MMA podcast. Yes. Uh, wherever it is you listen to podcasts at, um, and also Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I always post pictures of booze or brisket or whatever the fuck I want. So it's my it's my social media. I'll do what I want. Awesome memes and cut and paste jobs of faces. <laughs> oh my god! Right? Like that's I need to get I need to get into that again. Um, but yeah, I have fun with I have. Oh, did you see the one I did with Wonder Boy? Yes, the Karate Kid okay. one, dude. I sent him me that, up. and he yeah, he was. I don't I forget where he was, but he was like, dude, I can't stop laughing. This is hilarious. And even the Mike Perry one, the Ungbok one. Did you see that one? Yep. Okay, so I sent that to Perry after we we interviewed, and he was like, "Bro, this is like the funniest shit I've ever I've ever seen." He's like, "Do that again next time I'm on." So I was just like, "Fuck it, dude! Fighters love it, man." Because so, <laughs> that's his favorite movie. That Ungbok was his favorite movie. So I was like, "How can how can we mix it?" And like, it just I found the right pictures, and the rest is history. So dude, I love doing those. That shit's legendary. <laughs> in these streets man we sandblast and we meme make <laughs> it's what we do it's what we do i love it man well thank you for having me on man and, and have a good rest of the day and uh we'll get you back on the show soon man yeah man it's about, it's about time anytime brother you know that all right man well i appreciate appreciate the invite or well i appreciate you letting me invite myself shit it's and, an uh... open invitation you know man it's like i told kyle yesterday anytime man anytime you want to come on and do anything bro you're always welcome we we appreciate everything you've done for us so i uh, very much appreciate it man and again happy two years to you guys right it's two years the yes sir two year thing yep and uh and many more and i hope y'all had it y'all should have gotten a cake Y'all should got at least a little cupcake or something if shit, ryan right? was close by we would have had a cake Cause he baked. No, you should have gotten a cupcake for you and been I like, should've. "Listen, Canadia, I, I got a cupcake. I'm I gonna, blow, I'm gonna eat this cupcake." You could ate it in front of him. I just smoked a lot of weed in front of him, which is <laughs> which is no different than what I do every episode now. Cause right, <laughs> I make him get on video chat, so he has to look at me when I flip him off. I can tell. Like I'm like, oh, they're pause, they're pausing. Stop talking right now. They're probably flicking each other off. Okay, cool. <laughs> not him. He doesn't. He doesn't do it to me. He's not aggressive like that. But I just not look when you're at looking. Him. No, nah, probably not, not what I'm looking. He, but he, he probably waits till you look away, and then he's like, <laughs> probably. And he like, hides it. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I know I would do that if I was him. So I deserve um, it. I love Ryan. <laughs> I really do. I don't stress that enough to people. Like, I, I don't genuinely, genuinely dislike Ryan. I just like to fuck with him, and sometimes he angers me. But but I love that guy. <laughs> He's safe. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He's a great guy. 
I like that guy too, man. Even though he's from Canada, he's a good guy. Even though he's from Canada, but he does a really good GSP. Oh, <laughs> uh, he told me he did. Which episode? Which episode was this? This GSP was it on the two seventeen breakdown? Um, I don't. I've never heard. I think it, it was like, on I, the I preview. Thought... I think it was on the preview. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I'm gonna go back and listen to it because I may have missed it. I may have been doing some. I, it got loaded. Thing, but... That episode got loaded late. Like we did it Wednesday night, and then I had that token show on Thursday. So oh, yeah, and I You're forgot. A now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, back... were, you world famous, sir. Shit, locally famous. <laughs> locally famous, but uh, yeah, not even famous. Fuck. Infamous, almost maybe. Famous. Infamous, maybe. Famous. <laughs> <laughs> Infamous, notorious. <laughs> but uh, so I had that. I had that show that night, and I forgot to load it before I left because I was in a in a hurry. And then Friday was my birthday. I got up and just started day drinking and got drunk as fuck. So yeah, I that's forgot, a good way to do it. Right, accidentally day drunk. So I forgot to upload it. Then it didn't get uploaded till Saturday, like afternoon before the fights. Cause I yeah, I remember listening to it as I was getting as we were getting ready to um, go to our friends' get together for two seventeen. I had I dude, I go through podcasts like like that. Dude, I've got a lot of time, and I had finished everything because I was smoking a brisket that day. Yeah, that's what I, I was, so I was smoking a brisket that day, and you know i don't know if you've ever smoked a brisket in the process of it yeah yeah but like you have to it takes an hour per pound that you have to smoke it yep so i i was up from like i i um i started it actually in the oven like for one hour and i turned it off just to get some heat going on the on the meat i like to do that and then i'll get the actual smoker going so i had that going at like 6 30 so i was up from 6 30 and it, it finished off somewhere around like four ish um, cause it was a bit smaller, but like, yeah, like, so I had, all I was doing was I was day drinking as well. Actually, I, was, <laughs> I like to get, I like to get, um, and, and, and people get a little turned off by this. I like to drink though, Bud Light Platinums. And I like I like when I smoke my brisket, it's just, it's a t- tradition that I started when I smoked my first brisket and <laughs> okay. It's really, yeah, it's really obscure. Don't ask me fucking why. I remember I smoked my first brisket and I grabbed a 12 pack of Bud Light Platinum. And in my head, I was like, I'm not a Bud Light fan, but Bud Light Platinum is 6%. Yep. And when you're in the heat, it's a lot, it's, it's very light. It's very easy to go down. And I don't want to be heavy. I don't want to, you know, feel heavy when I'm drinking a beer. I don't, this is not a craft, craft beer time. This is something light, something that'll get you fucked up. Something that goes down easy. And for me, Bud Light Platinum does just that. So I always make sure I at least grab a six-pack when I smoke a brisket. Okay. And I just drink. I just, what I do is I just watch the temp outside. I got my podcast going, uh, smoke some cigarettes, and I'm drinking a beer and just, like, watching the fucking temp and just kind of hanging out outside. So that's what I was doing that day. I'd gone through all the podcasts, and then yours had just been uploaded that day. And so I was just like, ah, let me tune into this as much as I can before – we dip out to our friends. So that's what I was doing. So I was probably in the mix. I problem one, I probably missed the, imp- the impersonation. Two, I still need to hear it. Uh, three, I was probably doing like getting ready. And there's some points where you miss some shit. You know what I'm saying? And, For sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm human. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, um, man. I'll I appreciate you, you coming with, on, bro. With the rest of your day. And, uh, yeah, man. Of course, I'll stay in touch, and everybody go follow Average Joe's MMA show. They do a, they do a hell of a job, man. 
yeah, make sure you follow the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast. Keep an eye out for those those awesome video interviews. We, we do okay. No, you need to go follow Average Joe's and then come follow, you know, follow Loaded Joe's. Once you follow, once you subscribe to Average Joe's, if you got the time, you go looking for Loaded Joe's. You make the someone. time to go look for the Loaded Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. No, no, if, no, you make the time. <laughs> you. <laughs> I appreciate that, my man. Well, you Anytime, have a good rest brother. of the day, sir. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna dip out, and watch some more more fights, man. Hell yeah, man. Appreciate you, Blake. You have a good one, man. Uh, you too, my man. Peace. All right, later. Shout outs to Blake for taking the time to be on today's Sunday session, and that's gonna wrap it up. Once again, make sure you go and you follow the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast. And also make sure you go and follow Loudmouth MMA. Shout out to Kyle because I love Kyle. So that's going to do it for another Sunday session. We'll see you guys this week for our UFC breakdown of Fight Night Poirier versus Pettis and previewing this weekend's upcoming card. Later. I just got a new promotion, but I got high. Now I'm selling dope, and I know why. Why? Hey, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was gonna go to court before I got high.